0: The scripture reading is from Matthew, the 11th chapter. It begins with the 16th verse. Jesus said this, but to what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another. We played the flute for you, but you did not dance. We wailed and you did not mourn. For John, the baptizer, came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon. The Son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. Then he began to reproach the cities in which most of his deeds of power had been done, because they did not repent. Woe to you, Corazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the deeds of power done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, on the day of judgment, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? No, you will be brought down to Hades." For if the deeds of power done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you that on the day of judgment, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom than for you. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father... And no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Here ends the reading. On this weekend, we think of these higher words, don't we? Freedom, independence, liberty, justice. And we often tag it with for all. And it's interesting, isn't it, especially I think in this year, for those of us who weren't alive back in the 1960s, in this year, for many of us, we were thinking about those words a little bit differently than we have before, because we're beginning to see that while we have talked about these words a lot, while we have lifted them up as our ideals, as what this America has been formed around, we are still figuring out, and maybe not doing the best job of figuring out, how those words become policies and become communities and become the way that we actually live our life freedom, independence, liberty, justice for all. In this section here in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus had finished the missionary discourse and he begins teaching and he begins doing some more healing. And then John, his cousin, John the baptizer, sends some emissaries because John's in jail before his death and before his murder really. And he sends some emissaries to say, well, who are you the one who's to come to Jesus? And Jesus says, well, go tell John what you see in here. Is Is that people are being healed, the blind are recovering their sight. These are the things that are happening here. And so then he says a couple of other things, but then he goes on because the people around him, the folks who've been hearing his message the most, he's chastising them very strongly. What should I compare you guys to? Like, you're like a bunch of children sitting around in marketplaces. You're never happy with whoever comes. God sends you John the Baptizer, who comes in a, basically in a loincloth and eating crickets, living out in the desert, calling you to repentance, and and you're like, he has a demon. And then, The Son of Man, meaning talking about himself. I come and I come eating and drinking. I mean remember, Jesus is the one who made sure the party didn't just get started, this party continued to be started at the wedding in Cana. Right? He turned the water into wine and it was the best wine of the day. The steward there that day said, Why did you keep the best wine to the last? We're supposed to be serving the the not good stuff now. That was the wine that Jesus gave. So, he came eating and drinking. He came sitting down with sinners and tax collectors and, and prostitutes. And they say, look, he's a glutton and a drunkard. He's a friend of sinners and tax collectors. Basically dismissing the message. Not hearing this message. One writer said about this, the people have come up short. Not just… not." the failure of individuals, right? Individuals may have come to faith. Individuals may have repented. The people have come up short, not the failure of individuals, but of society as a whole. Let that land on you just for a minute. The people have come up short, not the failure of individuals, but of society as a whole. Many of us feel, and many of us are saying in some different ways, you know, I'm not responsible for these things that have happened to some of the least of these among us. I didn't participate in that system. I didn't do that thing. I didn't own slaves, if we want to get more pointed about it. And yet we are part of a society that continues to do these things. And so, even if individually, our individual actions do not speak of these kinds of things, we are still responsible because we belong to this society. Because as the United States was formed, it was formed for freedom, right? Freedom from the tyranny of the king and that government. Freedom from that, yes. But freedom for coming together where all people, all people, have a chance to better themselves, to pursue life and liberty and happiness, to pursue those things. not guaranteed? no, but to pursue those things. Freedom from and freedom for. It's a similar sort of idea, but differently theologically. When we think about what happens with us when we come to know Jesus and we are saved by Jesus's actions on the cross and his resurrection, we are saved from sin. We are saved from death. We are saved for good works. We are saved for other people. Independence, freedom has to come with interdependence or else it's simply anarchy. If I get to do whatever I want to do and I don't have to care about anybody else around me and how they're being treated and how I'm treating them, it's just anarchy. That's not freedom, really. That's not liberty the way we understand it. And that is for sure not justice for anybody. And we Christians get that ought to get that more than anybody else. Paul taught us that every member of the community is valuable, especially the weakest ones. He taught us that we don't just, Jesus doesn't just free us so that we can go off and do our thing. Jesus frees us to be part of a community, part of the body of Christ, to have a function within that body and to help keep the body healthy, and moving forward. And so we are the ones who are for sure called to an interdependence with one another. That the role I play as pastor within a community is not a lifted up role, it's a function within the body. Just like those who used to make the coffee on Sunday morning. Or who come in and clean up after worship. That you, you don't see them perhaps, but that job, that role is just as valuable as ones that are more public and more out front because we are... In- interdependent with one another. We Christians understand that more than anybody else because our God is a trinity. It is a community. Our God is a community, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that is as crazy and mysterious an idea as we can wrap our heads around. And it's the truth. Father, the Son, and the Spirit are interdependent. We Christians are taught that we are only as strong as the weakest among us. And how we treat the least of these. Not that we say, well, here are the least of these. We're going to go serve them. We're going to go give something to them and, and walk away. No, we believe that we are part of them. We are part of the body. How they do reflects on how we do. And Karl Barth said this, he was an an early 20th century, very famous theologian, he said this, and it just blew me away this week. God stands unconditionally and passionately on this side and on this side alone, against the lofty and on behalf of the lowly, against those who already enjoy right and privilege and on behalf of those who are denied and deprived of it. Whew. I'm going to read that again. God stands unconditionally and passionately on this side, on this side alone, against the lofty, on behalf of the lowly, against those who are already enjoy right and privilege, and on behalf of those who are denied and deprived of it. And if that doesn't cause us to be humble, to be humbled, I don't know what can. Because there are still so many among us who are denied and deprived of the things that you and I enjoy on a daily basis. And we are the ones called. We are the ones saved from our sin, saved from having to build up our own little kingdoms and saved for building up the kingdom of God, saved for those good works. And it is our job, the work of discipleship is a continual seeking to deepen our embrace of God's good news in our lives of that gospel in our lives, of God's saving act in Jesus, and then to embrace the yoke of Jesus, which includes love and justice for all people. What was the accusation against him? He hung out with tax collectors and sinners. He was a friend of those people. And that is part of his yoke. That is the yoke that he lays upon us. And he tells us it's not heavy, but it's not easy. It is a discipline, it is a discipleship, it is a moving forward, we must continue to be learners, we must continue to grow and we must continue to work. Because we have been saved from death, we have been saved from our sin, we have nothing left to prove except to serve God by loving our neighbors. That's what we are saved for. And the end of this passage, rest. Rest is offered to those made weary by a world that fails to comprehend the burden of injustice. Rest is offered to those made weary by a world that fails to comprehend the burden of injustice. Another biblical commentator wrote that. And so if you're weary if you're weary, there is rest. And there is work to be done. And we do that work not because we're going to bring about God's kingdom, but because we are already part of it as those who have been redeemed, as those who have been saved from our sin and saved from death and saved for those good works in serving God and serving our neighbor. On this Independence Day weekend, may we live into those higher values, freedom, independence, liberty, and most of all, justice for all. Amen.